ever thrown you the curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. I want to take a moment to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. In this show, we speak to legacy makers, people who are out there creating extraordinary positive ripples in the world, and the professionals who support them. And truthfully, I'm always so excited when we find someone who embodies both sides of that, is a legacy maker, and also supports other people creating and forging the legacies that they want to live in the world. And today, we are so blessed to have that. And today's episode is really for caregivers, people who are out there caring for an elderly or aging person in their life, whether that's a spouse or a parent or a relative, or a next-door neighbor that you dearly love, whoever it is that you're looking after and looking for and making decisions about, this episode is for you. And I'm going to start by saying that caregiving is no easy journey. It is not the quick road to success. It is not like the fast and easy highway where life is just flowing along exactly the way you see it. This is a really bumpy road that often you're kind of feeling like you're trailblazing. You know, you got to chop down all the trees in front of you to even create a path to get to the other end where you want to go. And it's hard. And for those of you who are listening, who are caregivers, I want to honor you. This is a big decision to make, to be a caregiver. It's a big burden to carry. And Having you in the world to make decisions for and be an advocate and voice for your people means that you create positive changes and ripples in the world because you're taking care of other people in the world who need us to take care of them. And I really honor you for that. And that journey, being a caregiver, can just feel so overwhelmingly lonely. That it's so hard. You don't know where to turn. You don't know who to talk to. You don't know what you're supposed to do next. You don't know what the right decision is. And it can really just wear you down. But then there are people in the world who come out of nowhere. Sometimes you hear about them on a podcast like this one, or you find them somewhere else, or a friend introduces you to them. And these people just shine a brighter light in your world. They help you because they're not you. They're not in your head. They're not in all the jumble. They can actually 
see things differently. They may have access to resources that you don't have. They certainly have knowledge that you probably don't have. They can offer you a sounding board, a place to just vent out all those feelings of frustration and anger and sometimes resentment so that you can get it all out in a safe space and then come back to your caregiving role, a better person for it. And today, I am so excited to say we have one of those shining beacons of light on the podcast with us. I would really like to introduce you to my new and very dear friend, Paula Levy. So this is what Paula gave me in her bio, and I loved every word of it, so I'm going to read it exactly as she wrote it. (laughs) Ever since she can remember, Paula has had a deep and genuine passion for the elderly and has spent the past three decades of her life working to make a difference in the lives of people living with dementia, along with assisting their family members and caregivers with the arduous caregiving journey set before them. Like I said, this is no easy path. Paula graduated from Pepperdine University. That is such a cool name. I might want to say that four different times. Earning her Bachelor of Science in Leisure Science and Recreation, with an emphasis on gerontology. She maintains three certificates uh, through the Tiba Snow's positive approach to care. She is a trainer, a consultant, and an advanced consultant. Throughout her career, Paula has worked as an activity assistant, activities therapist, adult day program director, and long-term care administrator. And she is currently a dementia caregiver consultant. She has also volunteered as a facilitator of multiple Alzheimer's Association's caregiver support groups since the mid-90s. Through her years of working with people living with dementia and their tireless caregivers, see the plug she just gave you guys right there? She has learned the profound value of quality caregiver support. Paula's mission is to help caregivers get the support and stability they need and to gain the confidence they have within to make the best choices for their loved ones in order for them all to live more enjoyable lives. Now, if you don't already love her, I am going to get Paula to tell us all about herself so that you will totally fall in love with her just the way I have. Welcome to the show, Paula. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm excited to be here and be a part of your special podcast. Thank you. So Paula and I met through a networking event. Uh, She is dear friends with another dear friend of mine who raved about her for a while. And we got to know each other um, when we met. And it was the most amazing thing. I thought she was just awesome. And then found out what she did and thought, Hmm, I need to know more about this. So we set up a call. And as Paula told me her story, I literally said to her partway through it, I think I'm kind of in love with you. I think I just feel so amazing at what you're doing and what an incredible person you are. And I invited her to be on the show. So Paula, I'm going to get you to tell some of those stories to our audience as well, so they can love you just as much as I do. But let's start with this one. When you were in grade four and the teacher asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up, I'm pretty sure that, okay, what was your fancy title? You are a, I don't even know now. I was, it was here. You are a consultant for people with, who are caregiving for those with dementia. Now I'm pretty sure in grade four, you wouldn't have known the word caregiver or dementia. So what did you want to be? And did you do it? In grade four, um, 
probably was going into the medical profession somehow. My mom was a nurse um, and I was probably leaning medical wise, although I fainted at the side of blood and really didn't like the gross things. Um, I was leaning that direction just because you want to be like your mom when you grow up. Right. So uh, that's that's was the direction I was going. And clearly, based on your bio, it isn't really the direction you went in. So tell us now a little bit about what it is that you do now and the story of how you got here. So I went to college and thought I would major in nutrition and I would be a dietitian, which was, you know, not was kind of medical, but not dealing with blood and guts and, and broken bones. And so that was close enough. And I went to my first chemistry class and went back to my room and picked up the catalog, which was not, there was no computers then. I picked up the book, the catalog, and started flipping through looking for a new major and came across a major called leisure science. And people laughed me out. My family, my brothers actually laughed me out of um, off the phone and down the hall. I could hear them just roaring with that major, but I went with it. And with that major, you could do a lot of different things. It could be corporate fitness. It could be community recreation. It, you know, you could go all different directions with a, with a recreation major. And I jumped into that. And then I found out I could go the, the way of senior, the, the way of senior citizens, the elderly. And then I started taking gerontology classes and I mailed those two together and just found my true love. And I was fortunate to grow up with all four of my grandparents in my life until my, my late twenties, they were all four at my wedding. Um, and I just was very fortunate to have that, um, inspiration in my life. And so when I graduated from, well, before I graduated from college, I had a couple of internships I had to complete for my major. And the first one I did at a senior center with healthy seniors and did every aspect of that senior center. And then the second summer I went to a nursing home mm-hmm. and this was long before Alzheimer's units were a thing. And I just worked on the floor with the residents of the nursing home and just really loved the geriatric patient. So when I graduated, I went back to that nursing home. They were looking for someone to do activities within the facility. And they had just put secure doors up at the end of a hallway and called it their Alzheimer's unit. And they said, you know, Paula, we really don't have anyone doing anything with those people back there. They're just walking the hall and they're not engaged in anything. And I said, you know what, I'll I'll go back there. And I found my people. I just, I just never looked back. I would go, you know, in my little unit every day and I could, I could engage them and I could do whatever I felt would work and, and just create my own programming and it, and it worked, it worked brilliantly. Mm. And so I never looked back. I just knew that that was going to be my passion for my career. And it still is to this day. 
That's amazing. I love the way you describe that. I went behind those doors and I found my people. That's so beautiful. When you find your people and your passion like that, it is truly like inspiring. It lights you up from inside, right? And and just as you're talking, I can just see your whole body language changes as you talk about that experience. That's just so incredible. And truthfully, we need people who want to be there. I mean, we have certainly seen and heard all over the media examples of people who don't actually want to be in that job and some of the atrocities that can happen or the negligence where people are just neglected and, and, you know, kind of not thriving in any way. So to find someone who's a breath of fresh air, who walks in the door and is like, you guys are awesome. Let's go do some cool things is so amazing. And I would want my family member to be around someone like you because I'm like, I don't know what they're doing, but it sounds like fun. And I actually probably want to be involved in it myself. Like, that's well, awesome. don't, don't get me wrong. I, I took some, took some pot shots from, from, from my friends who, you know, have no filter and who say whatever they feel at the time. And so George, who rarely participated, but stood at the doorway and just kind of supervised, you could see his belly before you could see him. And I was walking down the hall one day in my little army color jumpsuit, and he bellowed down the hall. Well, you know, she usually looks pretty nice, but that's about the ugliest thing I've ever. (laughs) Thanks, George. Just, Just kept walking, you know, but everyone heard what he thought of my army jumpsuit. So, you know, you just keep going. You just keep going. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So tell me now, after that experience, what, where did your career take you? Because I know there were some twists and turns and some things that you did. And I'm curious Absolutely. to know what was next. Yeah. So next, uh, a year into that job at the nursing home, I was able to apply for a job at a facility about not even 10 miles away down the road. The hospital system in our town uh, decided to focus in on dementia care and built a freestanding facility, 65 beds, state-of-the-art facility uh, just for people with dementia. And it was specifically designed to take different levels and it had different, they called them pods neighborhoods. So high functioning, high middle low middle and then low functioning. It was uh, people came from all over the country to be admitted and I was hired as their activities therapist. So I got to develop that entire activity program for for the state of the art facility back in the 1990, which was just an opportunity that was pretty special. And that's really where my career took took off with with that opportunity. About a couple of years into that, they had a, a space on the lower level that they had left on purpose for the development of an adult day program. Mm-hmm. And so they they gave me that also to, to come up with programming. And I knew nothing about adult day, but I learned quickly. And it wasn't too hard because I had the hospital system support behind me. And we had an adult day program, which was a great feed right into the residential program. And it was so popular. We did an off-site program on the north end of town. So we were serving different parts of the community. Uh, Then I started having babies Mm -hmm. and went off on my maternity leave with our second son. Mm -hmm. And while I was out, my husband had the opportunity to purchase or 
restaurant of his dreams, which took us to another small town. And that took me away from my job that I loved. Mm -hmm. So we moved and I became a mother of two boys and I still wanted to keep my hand in it. So that's when I started facilitating caregiver support groups in the new community where we moved. And I still do that support group today. 24 years later, that support group still exists. Um, We've passed through a lot of different different um, methods and and. But and we're doing it Zoom because during COVID, so many of those families moved, you know, to be closer to their families. So mm-hmm. it's it's it remains Zoom and um, it's it's my longest running support group. But wow. yeah, so yeah, so with those support groups and 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 the community I was living in, I figured out that the family members couldn't get to the support group even for an hour because mm-hmm. the person they were caregiving for couldn't be left alone they could not be left alone even for an hour and that left them without the ability to go get support and share with other caregivers so I just had an idea that our community needed an adult day program where they could not only just come take their person for an hour and get support they could take their person for the day or a few days and go get the chance to go to their own doctor's appointment, go go home and sleep for four hours because gosh knows they're sleeping with one eye open most of the mm-hmm. time, to go um, to a Bible study, to go just sit in their house and just be without a person underfoot. Mm-hmm. And so I applied for a nonprofit. I applied for grants. I found a little house that felt like home and I opened an adult day program and it was hugely, hugely successful. We had people coming from three different counties to attend wow. and lots of volunteers, lots of uh, donations and lots of funding just poured in for that program. So that's amazing. It, so now tell us if somebody has never heard of an adult day program, which I hadn't before I'd spoken to you, mm-hmm. what would that what does that look like? What would that entail for the person coming to the program? Sure. Yeah. So uh, there's different kinds of adult day program and there's, there's, um, there, there are adult day programs for the younger adult, mm-hmm. the younger adult with special needs. And my adult day program is really dementia focused or other diagnoses like stroke, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury. And my focus in the program was 60 and over. Mm-hmm. for age uh, although we would look at younger folks case by case we wouldn't go too too far below 50 because then it it's just too much of a, a bridge mm-hmm. between the ages uh our day program we it was a home setting so they they walked in and felt like they were coming into someone's home we had lunch served family style so it wasn't it didn't feel institutionalized in the least bit we could provide a bath or shower if the family had a hard time doing that at home mm-hmm. we could pass medication we had a hairdresser that volunteered her time so we could give haircuts twice a month we had a foot care nurse that would come and do their feet, which is also a hard thing to do with someone, but she certified in foot care. So we kind of made it a one-stop shop for the caregiver to, to bring their person and get a, several of the needs that are hard to get by themselves one-on-one with their right. person. 
we could take care of those needs while they were at the program. So, and then we had outings and we went swimming and to, you know, baseball games and we were in the schools doing intergenerational activities and we had pets and we had so much, so much fun, so much fun. That's amazing. Like I could just imagine as a caregiver, I'd be like, um, sign me up. I need my haircut too. Like, that's awesome. You're right though. If you're trying to find someone who can cut the hair of somebody who is no longer neurotypical um, and it's, you know, not going to go well in a, in a salon setting, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to find that. Right. Plus, you know, you're, you're letting someone with sharp instruments near your person who's a loved one and you don't know how they're going to react. Are they going to be scared? Are they going to, right. So you need to, it needs to be a, a good place for them. So they feel safe and can, you know, allow these things to happen in a good way or, you know, cutting toenails is no fun when you're trying to cut someone else's. It is always awkward and uncomfortable. And so finding someone who specialized in that, who wanted to do that is amazing. So all these things that you need done were being done at this adult day program where a a caregiver could just drop off their loved one, know they were safe, going to be well-fed, well-cared for. And you're right, their caregiver could then either go do their own things, maybe their own appointments or work or Mm -hmm. go for a coffee with a friend or not sit quietly with a coffee, read a book, whatever, right? They could could have a little bit of downtime to rest and recharge so they could then take on their caregiving duties. Again, it's a win-win on both sides. I absolutely love that. Um, And I love that you created that. And I'm sure you must have had a wait list. How many people could you take at a time? So uh, the state dictated how many people you can bring in, um, depending on the square footage of the building. Our building was a little home, a little house, but it was zoned commercial and residential. It was a thousand square feet, Teeny, and the and the the hallway and the office space did not play into the square footage of usable square footage. So we could take five people at a time, mm-hmm. which was not very many, which made it very individualized and very personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were out of the building, we could take more. So if we were going swimming, if we were going to the baseball games, if we were going to the schools, we could have more people join us because we weren't inside the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our van could hold more than five people. Uh, wait list wise, we had three different kinds of wait lists. We had a we had an internal wait list for people mm-hmm. just wanting more days and times more than they had. We had an external wait list for people waiting just to get a day, you know, their foot in the door. And then we had an on-call wait list for people that said, you know, if someone doesn't show up, call us, we'll be there in five minutes to take their spot for the day Mm -hmm. because we want, we want and need the break that you can provide us. So it was, it was very successful. And I say was because in 2022, I, I, I actually in 2020, I, I experienced um, a huge loss in my life. I lost my husband Mm -hmm. during COVID, but not to COVID and things shifted for me and, and stepping away from that program shifted for me. And I passed the torch to someone who um, wasn't able to sustain it. And Mm -hmm. so that program that I created folded uh, the beginning of last year 
And so after an amazing seven-year run and surviving COVID, it closed its doors. And by then I had already relocated to Colorado Springs where I my business is thriving, but I am also looking to open another day program in the same vein as Daybreak. And this program will be called A Place Like Home. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, we looked at a building yesterday I'm very excited about. Um, I have a board. I have my nonprofit already and just ready to pick up where I left off. So mm-hmm. it's um, I just I'm just driven to to make a difference for I those. I was really hoping you were going to say all those things. I'm like, oh, it closed. That's bad. And now what are we going to do? Um, of course, you notice now I've lumped me in with all that. Like, what are we going to do? And now you're going to go and relaunch it. I love that because it is such a big need in the community. you for being a part of the living your legacy podcast community in 2022 we can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year we've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you the living your legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots we found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience we'd love to help you get your message out let's discuss this Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. On both ends of the spectrum, parents with small children really need to, if you've got to go to work and you don't have the support, having that child care is so important. And then on the adult end of things, if you are someone who finds yourself in a caregiving role for a parent or a relative, your neighbor, a friend, your spouse, however that's working out, um, it's really important to have those opportunities that gets your person's needs met because that is the role of a caregiver to make sure that their care receiver receives all the care that they require um, so that they can live the rest of their lives relatively happily. We recognize that individual, you know, circumstances happen. Sometimes people's personality changes. You can have a bad day, you know, wake up grumpy. All those things happen to people with Alzheimer's and dementia for sure too. Um, And sometimes it's exacerbated by the other things that are going on in their lives. But to live a happier life, to at least have the peace of mind to know that you gave your care receiver everything, every opportunity you could give them to live out the rest of their lives in as much peace and calm and happiness and joy as you could possibly give them. I mean, that's kind of the the big focus Mm -hmm. for caregivers, right? Um, And to know that you did everything you could, you turned over every stone you could turn over, you explored every opportunity you could explore, all of those things. You advocated in as many ways as you possibly could for your person and likely for others. Um, There's, if you're advocating for one, you're advocating for them all. Well, and one, one thing we didn't even think about doing, which just happened naturally, um, was watching the participants create community amongst themselves, which was just phenomenal to watch. You know, someone who might need a little help getting up and out of their chair, someone who 
wanted more dessert and another person who could get up and and make that happen and not not have it be a an employee or a team member do that just watching the you know the care that that that, that bloomed between the participants was just amazing to to watch so again that's so inspiring because i think about it from the perspective of people who have alzheimer's and dementia at some point recognize that their brain isn't working for them the way it used to. Mm -hmm. And this is such a sad and hard thing to handle. The things that I used to be able to do, I can't do, or the things that I used to be able to do, I can't even remember anymore. Or these are people that I should know in my life and I know I should know them and I can't remember them. I can't place them. And so there's this really big feeling of, helplessness. I feel so helpless in my own life, in my own body. And to be able to, for a few minutes anyway, be of help to somebody else, to be able to step in and do things because they can is very fulfilling. And I can speak to that from experience, not as a caregiver for an aging parent, although my dad did have Alzheimer's. Um, but as a caregiver of a young person with disabilities, that there's so few times he's usually on the receiving end of the support. And for him, he just lights up like a light bulb when he gets to support somebody else because he knows what it's like to receive or to need it. And to be able to do it just fills his cup, too, with great joy. Right. And so I think there's something amazing that happens in circumstances where people are allowed to be able to do that, where it just kind of naturally and organically happens. There's a lot of beauty in that and compassion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these moments that kind of take your breath away and in my case would leave me teary eyed because I'm that person and I get weepy over everything. So I'd be I'd be needing tissues all the time. Right. To see that because it is so inspiring. Right. Especially if it's somebody who's generally been on the receiving end of a lot of that support and suddenly out of the blue, here they are doing something. You're like, oh, that right there. That's amazing. That's an incredible moment and something to share with the caregiver when they come back. Oh my gosh, you need to see, hear what your mom or your dad did today. There was this really beautiful moment and I want to share it with you because for caregivers, the beautiful moments tend to dissipate. They mm -hmm. reduce. We, we don't see as many of them or we get so focused on what needs to be done or must be done that we don't even see them in the mm -hmm. moment that they're happening. So for someone like you to bring that to the attention of a caregiver allows for a whole other conversation to happen, right? Like, oh my gosh, mom, I heard you did this. That was really nice. And then mom, if she remembers, can share it with you, right? Like that story, or at least say thank you, or, or it could lead to some very funny moments where mom's like, I did what now? <laughs> you know, there's some fun things that you can have with that, but I love that you talk about it like that. And again, when someone like you loves what you do, it shows. And that also has a ripple effect on the people who receive it, right? Because, you know, it's kind of like someone cut you off in your car because they're all irritated and now so are you because they share, right? right? And, you know, it can keep going. But to mm -hmm. have someone who walks in the door and who genuinely wants to be there 
We all know those people. We know them when we see them. We know them when we speak to them. We're like, oh, you are such a breath of fresh air. Can I get more of you? Uh, we know it. We do. It, you know, we know someone who's a who's a problem solver, a creative thinker, someone who genuinely has compassion and kindness in their heart as much as we know when people don't as well. Right. But to see that for those caregivers had to have been such a relief, which would be why you had so many wait lists. Because people mm-hmm. like just my mom or my dad or my husband or my wife just needs to be there because I know, I know in my heart, they're going to have a great day, which means I can relax. And you alluded to that by talking about how caregivers sleep with one eye open. They also Mm -hmm. worry when Mm -hmm. mom is at this appointment or dad is over here doing this, or I put them in this program, but I'm just not feeling like it's the right spot for them. And they're coming home very stressed and they can't tell me why, you know, and and now I'm, I'm really concerned to have those hours of time where a caregiver doesn't have to worry. They can just take a breath, feel their shoulders come down from their ears, right? And actually either go get some stuff done that they need to do without worrying what's going to happen to Mm -hmm. mom or dad or whoever, or to go take care of themselves, right? To do whatever they need to do in (coughs) peace with no worry is priceless. That is priceless for for a caregiver. So I love what you said about all those things. And I love that you're going to relaunch. And this is kind of your public announcement of this. I'm super excited to be connected to that and to amplify your voice out to a large audience, because this is a pretty extraordinary legacy to create in the world. And the reality is that it is very needed. I like what you said about how day programs can be a funnel system into higher levels of care as people need it, right? Because now you've got a group of people who it's not just me as the caregiver saying, I, my person needs this or this or this or this. That is you as a professional saying, I concur with these things. And here are some of the other things that I've noticed. Um, They do need this or they don't need that or or the son or daughter is going to tell you they don't need it, but really they do. Right? Sure, sure. Well, and one one of the main re- missions of adult day programs is to prevent a premature nursing home placement. Because if, if a family member doesn't have the option of adult day program where they can get the break and their person can get, you know, activity and socialization and engagement, uh, if that's not available, the family member is very quick to place, which mm-hmm. means they'll place before it's time and their person will progress faster and mm-hmm. decline faster and die, die quicker. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the day program allows everyone the break that's needed so that they can stay home longer and prevent that knee-jerk nursing home placement so that people won't go in early and die quicker. People will stay home living, you know, productive lives and caregivers can can save the money that that everyone knows the the extraordinary costs of long-term care so they can keep them at home longer still getting them out still getting time to themselves and just not having to place just a knee-jerk placement so that's really many benefits there and i love what you said because the reality is there aren't enough long-term care beds anyway. 
There just aren't. The need is so much greater than can be accommodated. And so being able to have options and Mm -hmm. for some families, um, you know, it is a big deal. Like it's a, it's a, it's gotta be a super big decision to grapple with, to say, Mm -hmm. I am going to now give up the care of my mom to this facility. And I, you know, again, is it going to be the right fit? Is mom right. going to love it there and thrive? Are they going to shrivel up and be a shell of themselves? Oh. Right. Like it's such a big decision to grapple yeah. with. So having something in the middle in between right. I am full-time care and they are in full-time care mm-hmm. is a beautiful transitional time, which can allow sure. for some of those conversations and the processing exactly. of this. Cause I'm sure you have given recommendations to people like, we need to look at next steps. Yeah. And when, when I do that, I really shift their mindset because it feels like a failure when families feel like, oh, I can't do it anymore. I have mm-hmm. to place, you know, when, when I, sh- I want them to shift their mindset into it's a gift to both them, themselves and their person, because what, what they are doing is they're gifting their person, a community that has a department of nutrition services, a department of housekeeping, a department of laundry, a department of nursing, maintenance, a department of people that were all doing what the caregivers were trying to do by themselves. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is with that placement, they've gifted their loved one, all of those people to support and care for them. And then what, what the gift is for them is that they get to just be the wife they get to just be the daughter again. They just, they don't get, I mean, they can still manage and, and guide what's happening, but they don't have to put food on the table. They don't have to wash all the clothes. They don't have to grocery shop and fix the fence and do all the things that they were trying to do. Now there's a team of professionals in each department doing that. And they get to just go hold their hand and bring them a milkshake and get to be the person that they were supposed to be mm-hmm. all along. And I love what you talked about with handholding that part of, I think your role was to handhold those caregivers as well, mm-hmm. uh, to provide them with support. And I'm sure lots of words of encouragement mm-hmm. because it is a really difficult path to be going down. One, you kind of never saw yourself going down one that may have come out of the blue, like, Oh, whoa, we're right here because mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't notice it or it came on very quickly or whatever the circumstances were. And you're right. People are very hard on themselves and mm-hmm. they they do beat themselves up a lot over decisions they should have made or shouldn't have made or things they should have done or shouldn't have done, all that kind of stuff. And so having you there as a liaison kind of between the two systems mm-hmm. is such a gift to them, too. Because now you're someone, I'm sure, who got approached with a lot of questions, um, a lot of like, what do we do now? A lot of mm-hmm. where do we go for this or that or or what's what's the process for this thing or that pro, that mm-hmm. that service or whatever um, would have made you in an incredibly um, invaluable person to the caregiver as well. Mm-hmm. And what caregivers need to hear is it's the same thing that the flight attendant says, and I'm sure you've heard it, you know, you oxygen masks drop and you need to put yours on first before you help those around you. And going into my 35th year, I've seen more than one caregiver die taking care of their person because they poured everything into their person 
and they did not go to their doctor's appointments. They did not pay attention to their health failing. And um, I've I've gone to many a funeral for the caregiver and their loved one was left mm. without their caregiver. So it's so important to to take care and take a break and and it's okay to let go and let someone else take a shift. That's amazing. I mean, that's a mic drop moment right there. Like we could just end the call right there. Be like, that's it, Jim. That is perfect. And I think it's something worth thinking about. I know as a caregiver myself that I have been very prone to putting the mask on everybody else first. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes even forgetting that there is a mask for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a common response for many caregivers. And so I love what you said that it's okay to let somebody else take a shift. It's okay to let somebody else do some of the heavy lifting. It's okay to trust that somebody else might care for your person about as much as you do and that they can do a really good job. That's okay. And taking time off, well, that's okay too because it's necessary, right? And everyone will be better for it. Everyone will be better for it. Not just you, everyone will be better for it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, It's certainly something that I have come to realize now when my son was very little, I often said I became a better mother the day I went back to work because Mm -hmm. I had time off to be Mm -hmm. able to go do things that filled my cup. And then when I came back to being mom, I was happy to do it versus Mm -hmm. feeling tired and stressed and angry and resentful. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's so important mm-hmm. to allow those opportunities to happen. And and how would someone find out if there are adult programs in their community? How where would you look for that kind of stuff? Yeah. If there's an area agency on aging in your community, I would start there. You can um you can Google adult day services. Notice I'm not using daycare, not um it's it's not daycare implies children to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, in fact, got our area agency on aging to change the, the, the category in their, their yellow book to adult day service and not adult day care, because uh, it's just more respectful if it's mm-hmm. an adult, it's, it's a program or services. Mm-hmm. So uh, just Google that and see what's available in our community here. There's not one that's going to do what I'm going to provide. There, there's several that are for the developmentally disabled younger adult, mm-hmm. and they do, they do accept the, the older person, and it's just, it's not a match, and mm-hmm. they're not getting what they need. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get mine up and off the ground sooner than later. Oh, I'm excited for you too. I think once you get up and off the ground, I'd love to have you come back on the show to share sure. that's what you're doing and Absolutely. how that's all going. Cause I think that would be really cool. Again, the focus of this show is on people who are living into their legacy, that it's not a done deal. They're not, you know, 15 years into this and it's all smooth sailing and cheesecake. It's, You know, you're actually in it and doing it and growing into this because somewhere out there, I hope that someone hears this and is inspired and says, oh, my gosh, we need that in my community. And that might be something that I could do. That might be the legacy that I create that betters my community. 
that betters my the living situation for people that has this positive ripple effect and leaves me feeling fulfilled and allows other people to equally be fulfilled. So I really hope that that your story as you're going through this, like it inspires me and I don't have anybody in my life right now who has Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm like, wow, she's amazing. So perhaps it would inspire somebody else. And again, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How could somebody find you? How could they connect with you if they had questions or they wanted to pick your brain or how can they connect with you? Well, they can call or text me at 719-331-3640. My email is paula at neveraloneconsulting.com. And my website is neveraloneconsulting.com. I love it. And um, folks, I would highly recommend if you're curious, if you are thinking that this is something that you would like to spearhead in your community, it's the legacy that now has a little fire lit in you that's got you feeling many levels of excited and a little bit nervous. That's exactly the way it's supposed to feel because it's new and you know you've got some stretching and growing to do. If you have a parent and you are in need of some support, or an adult that you're caregiving for, and you need someone to help care for you, I highly encourage you to reach out to Paula. If nothing else, this episode should have shown you that she legitimately cares and has a wealth of experience that she can bring to the table. And you need support. I love what you said, that caregiver support is the gift that keeps on giving. So I would encourage people to reach out to Paula, have that chat, see what's going on. And Paula, I know you also had uh, a couple of freebies you wanted to put out there to people. So share with us about those. Yes. So I Part of my consulting, I have a five-week Dementia 101 course, which is really kind of like a boot camp, so, so to speak. And so it covers all things dementia. It covers what it is, what it isn't. It covers what your person is going through, through the five senses. It covers what you need to do for yourself. A really good um actual tactile approaches on how to approach your person, how others can approach them, things you can share with family and friends to help them just be a better um, friend and caregiver to your person and support you. So that is a $500 value, and I would love to gift it to someone who would like that, who's been watching and I don't know how to do it. Michelle, you tell me how you how you do it. Do you know who's watching? How can we pick a name of who's well, watching? I would say this is going to launch um, soon. So I would say uh, one of, how about if we have the first five people that reach out to connect with you can have their names in a hat and then oh, you'll just draw one and that would be. So folks, seriously, if you're listening to this, that is an amazing opportunity. So the first five people get your names in a hat. One of them will get drawn. So your odds are one in five that Paula will gift you her boot camp. 
I love that idea. What a great opportunity. And I can't wait to hear um, how it goes. So again, you heard it here um, that the first five people to reach out to Paula will get your name in the draw and you might be able to have this extraordinary experience at no cost to yourself where you will walk away benefiting so much with so much more knowledge and strategies and tools in your tool belt to help you continue to care for your people. Paula, I am so grateful for you. I am grateful for what you're doing on behalf of the caregiving community. I just want to put out a huge thank you. Caregiving can feel like a very thankless job. Mm -hmm. The people that we caregive for most of the time don't thank us for it. In fact, they may be a bit angry with us about doing it. So it's kind of the opposite from what we sometimes need to hear. Um, and you are a caregiver of caregivers. So I want to thank you so much for filling our cups and making our lives that little bit easier so we can continue to care for the people around us. And again, folks, I highly encourage you, if this is your world, if something that Paula said resonates with you, reach out and connect with her. She is an extraordinary conversationalist, as you now know, and she's got a wealth of information. And this is what she does professionally. Let her support you supporting your people. So again, Paula, thank you so much for being on the call, for sharing your wisdom, for offering your amazing freebie. That's so exciting. And it's the first freebie that's actually been offered on my podcast. So you get to hold that first place. Yep, that's you. You're my very first one. So that's pretty exciting. And folks, for those of you listening and watching, I just want to say that Paula and I think that you are amazing. Go start living your legacy today. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.